Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone to our service this morning. First song will be number 276. I am pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day, still praying as I onward bow, Lord plant my feet on higher ground, Lord lift me up and let me stand, by faith on heaven's table land, higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay. Though some may dwell when these abound, my prayer, my aim is higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to scale the utmost high and catch a gleam of glory bright. But still I'll pray till heaven I found. Lord, lead me on to higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. We uh, want to welcome everyone to our worship service this morning, especially those of you who are visiting with us. We, you have honored us by being here, uh, whether you're here or either by live stream. If you are here and uh, for the first time, we would ask that you would fill out a attendance card and put it in the plate as it come by so we'll have record of you being here. Our Bible study is at 9.30 a.m., 10.30 for our Sunday morning worship, 5 p.m. Sunday evening worship, and we have a Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. The ladies' favorite things holiday party is tonight after evening service in the fellowship hall. Bring an appetizer and five things to exchange. Oh. Uh, Please see Christy Albright if you need more information about the exchange. The Challenge Youth Conference is for students grades 6 through 12. We'll be in Pigeon Forge on February 24th through 26th at tw- on uh, 2023. The cost is $35 per person. A sign-up sheet is posted on the Youth Bulletin Board and give your pay- payment to Grind Blunt no later than December the 21st and make your check payable to the church. There will be a New Year's Eve party on December 31st in the fellowship hall beginning at 6.30 p.m. till two question marks. I suppose that means to whenever. (laughs) Bring appetizers and desserts to share. Also bring your favorite games to play. This is a wonderful time to fellowship with friends, count our blessings, and bring in the new year. Uh, Seems like we have a new thing going on with our food pantry. 
To ensure the freshness of our food, it has been decided to facilitate the use of our food pantry on an as-needed basis. If you or someone you know is in need, please see Shannon Garrett or Judy Wallace, and the food will be purchased from the food pantry fund. In lieu of donating food donations of money may be given to Jason Head to build up our food pantry fund. We want to ensure that we can always be there when, uh, when help is needed. And this is to ensure the freshness of the food. I have three cards. First one says, thanks so much on the front. Inside it says the phrase is simple and the words are few, but behind them is a lot of appreciation. Thanks for everything. It was well appreciated. Love and prayers, Annie Carney. May the peace of this holy Christmas season be yours to share with those you love. Thank you for the fruit and candy gift. Your love and kindness is truly appreciated. Have a blessed Christmas in a year to come. This is from Deborah Stewart. Dear church family, thank you so much for the beautiful fruit basket. I will really enjoy it. This was from Sister Pat Warren. That's all the announcements I have. morning. The reading this morning will be from Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, and I'll be reading from the NIV. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Something for opening prayer will be number 335. 335. If the skies above your grave, you Feeling so blue. If your cares and burns seem great all the whole day through, there's a silver light that shines in the heavenly land. Look by faith and see it, my friend. Trust his promises, grant. Sing and be happy. Press on to the gold trust. Him who leads you, he will keep your soul. Let all be faithful, look to him and pray. Lift your voice and praise him in song. Sing me happy today. Often we are troubled and tired, sick with sorrow and pain. There are others living in sin, blessed with earthly gain. Take new courage, we cannot tell what the moment may bring. When the dark clouds vanish away, then you truly can see. Sing and be happy, press on to the gold trust. Him who leads you, he will keep your soul. Let all be faithful, look to him and pray. Lift your voice and praise him in song. Sing me happy today. Off we fail to see the rainbow up in heaven's fair sky. When it seems the forces of earth frown and pass us by, 
There are things we know that are worth more than silver and gold. If we hope and trust in each day, we shall pleasure untold. Sing and be happy, press on to the gold. Trust him who leads you, he will keep your soul. Let all be faithful, look to him and pray. Lift your voice and praise him in song, singing me happy today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to have this opportunity to worship Thee and study Thy Word. Please open our hearts and minds to be receptive. And Heavenly Father, we especially pray during this holiday period where we are going to see friends and family. Help us be a good influence on them. Help us to reach out to them. Those members of our family that are not serving Thee, we pray that we can reach out to them and persuade them to do what's right and to follow Thee. So we especially pray for our spiritually sick, for those who are not attending, who have fallen away, and for those who have not had their sins washed away in, uh, in, in baptism. Please help us reach out, convert those who are lost, and bring them to Thee. Please open the hearts of our relatives and friends as we talk to them over the holidays and Help us to encourage them to do what's right. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we pray for the physically sick. We have so many we can't mention everyone, but we especially pray for those still in the hospital or rehabilitation for Bill Young and, and Jason Barrett. Please be with them. Help them to be healed and be back with us soon. But help us to reach out to, to all those and knowing that with thee, all things are possible. Please help us to encourage our leaders to do what's right, to punish the evildoer. And above all, please help us to study thy word and to use thy word as absolute truth and to follow its teachings and to persuade others to do so. But help us to be an example. Forgive us of our sins. And help us to do what's right. Thy will be done in all things. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. To prepare our minds to the Lord's Supper, we'll sing number 160. We'll sing the first and last verses. I love the Lord. For he died my soul to save on Calvary. His dear life he freely gave from rims above. Jesus freely came to Hey. Mm-hmm. 
for the Lord's Supper, I'd like to read a few uh, scriptures. First is uh, Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 20. It says, When the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. When he had taken the cup and given thanks, he said, Take this and share it amongst yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup, and after they had eaten, saying, This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. In this passage, Jesus gives us the command for the Lord's Supper. And in verse 19, he also says, why we do this in remembrance of me. In Acts chapter 2, verses 37 through 42, it says, Now when they heard this, they were pierced in the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And with many other words he has solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So then those who had received his word were baptized, And that day there were added about 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So we can see here after Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost that these new Christians were breaking bread when gathered together. This was not an ordinary meal that they partook of, that this was specific for uh, this communion. This is also supported in Acts chapter 20, verse 7, which says, On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul began talking to them, intending to leave the next day, and he prolonged his message until midnight. So we can see that they were gathered together with the sole purpose of partaking in the Lord's Supper. This shows the importance of the communion, not just that, not just that the other things are not important, but the remembrance of Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for us so that we could be forgiven is of utmost importance. Will you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all the blessings you give us. Father, we thank you for this bread that represents Christ's body that hung on the cross for our sins. 
Father, we just pray that we would always remember that suffering and sacrifice he did on our behalf, that his body that hung there and suffered, and that he gave himself up for us so that we might have a home in heaven with you. Father, just help us to always remember these sacrifices. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We bow with me again. Our Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for this opportunity to gather around your table. And Father, at this time, we thank you for this cup that represents Christ's blood that was shed on our behalf. And Father, we just pray that we continually remember that suffering sacrifice that he did, the blood that was shed, that, that it continually cleanses us. And Father, we just Pray that you would forgive us and when we fail you and give us a home in heaven with you. Father, just be with us as we partake of this and pray that we do so in a manner that's pleasing to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
This concludes the Lord's Supper. At this time, as a matter of convenience, we use this time to give back a portion of what God has blessed us with. We pray with him, please. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity we have to give back a portion of what you have blessed us with. And Father, we thank you for the, the jobs that we have that we can earn a living for our families. Father, we thank you for uh, all the things that you bless us with, and we just pray that as we give back a portion of that, we would do, do so cheerfully, and that these funds would be used to further your works in this community and throughout the world. Father, just continue to watch over and bless us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you'd like to mark your songbooks, our song of invitation after lesson will be number 608. 608. For the lesson, stand and sing number 657. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem, shining afar through shadows dim. Giving a life for those who long have gone. And guiding the wise men on their way unto the place where Jesus lay. Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine home. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem. Star of Bethlehem, shine home. Oh, beautiful star, the hope of life, guiding the pilgrim through the night, over the mountain till the break of dawn, and into the light of perfect day. It will give out a lovely ray. Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine on. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine upon us unto the glory. Star of Bethlehem, shine on. Oh, beautiful star, the hope of rest, for the redeemed, the good, the blessed. Yonder in glory when the crown is won. For 
Jesus is now the star divine. Brighter and brighter he will shine. Beautiful star of Bethlehem shine on. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem shine upon us unto the glory dawn. Oh, give us a light, the light, the way. Into the land of perfect day, beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine home. Be seated, please. Good morning. Hope y'all can hear me okay. I'll get the wireless turned on. It's great to have you. I want to especially welcome those of you who are visiting with us today. May not be our regular members, but. Please come back and join us again, and we hope that maybe you'll consider making Strouds with your church family. We've got a lesson series we're doing called um, God's Great Nature, and basically this, uh, this lesson series is not focusing on the nature we see around us of His creation and, and the beauty. While that is something to behold, we're talking more about the characteristics of God, that is, His attributes, what makes God who He is. His uh, divine holiness, His power. And in just a moment, we're going to look at some different attributes that we've studied in this lesson series. I like to mention at the beginning of each of our lessons, the Song of Moses recorded in Exodus. I believe that's in chapter 15, verse 11, where God has just parted the Red Sea. Created an incredible demonstration of His power, His provision. And so Moses and all of the, the Israelites, the Jews... Uh, put a song together called the Song of Moses. Here's an excerpt from this song. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? And the answer is nobody. Nobody is like the Almighty God. So let's look at the attributes that we started uh, several weeks ago. First, the God who has always been. He's, he's ever existent. No beginning, no end. He is a spiritual being, sovereign, holy. One week we looked at the three omnis, how God is all-powerful in so many ways. We looked last week at immutability. What does that mean? His inability to change. And then today, the subject is truth. Truth. I'm going to go ahead and ask you to open up your Bible to Hebrews chapter 6. In just a moment, we'll be looking at Hebrews chapter 6. We continued in our lesson series about God's wisdom. That'll be next week, um, following our Christmas special service, where we talk about the birth of Christ. Then we'll talk about His goodness, His grace, His love, His foreknowledge, and then we'll wrap up this lesson series with a God who is a righteous God, but also one who shows wrath. So let's talk about truth today. I always think about Pilate when he was interviewing Jesus just prior to the crucifixion, where he asked the rhetorical question, what is truth? What is truth? Have you ever been deceived? Have you ever signed your name on a dotted line and maybe you weren't given all the facts or told something inaccurate and later you're angry? One of the sayings that came to my mind as we were, I was preparing this lesson was the saying, the first casualty of any war is truth. Usually before the first weapon is fired, lies are told. People buy into things that aren't true. I'm going to give you a quick example, if you don't mind, one that's a modern event, but this was the war in Ukraine. You may recall that for weeks we began to see a buildup of Russian armament, right? Tanks and military vehicles all moving in the Russian mainland toward the Ukrainian border. Ah, something odd is happening. But what's happening? We're worried. And so media for weeks reported this this large military buildup. But see, Putin publicly criticized Ukraine, saying that their behavior had been offensive and, and it was an aggressive behavior. Shame on you, Ukraine. You shouldn't be acting this way. And oh, by the way, we're just doing military exercises. You have nothing to worry about. Right? 
That was a lie. We knew what Putin was doing. Then you may recall, after the war was actually launched and civilians began to die in Ukraine, Putin observed a Russian holiday and told every Russian citizen that in the history of Russia, uh, that they were loyal to Russia and and its uh, beliefs and practices, and that Ukraine was shaming them and should be embarrassed for their behavior. Shame on you, Ukraine. You are not good Russian citizens. Another lie. Now, you may recall shortly after that, within a matter of days, there began to be spots of protest in Russia. This is wrong, Putin. Don't do this. You should not have war against innocent civilians. And what did uh, Putin do? He immediately passed a law in Russia saying that if anyone used the word war, they would receive a mandatory eight-year prison sentence. Wow. And to this day, there may be Russian citizens who actually believe Ukraine deserves what they're receiving. The first casualty of any war is the truth. We know Putin is full of lies. But I want to talk about something that happened a long, long time ago. This was a war that could have very likely happened even before mankind was created. You see, there was a war in heaven. Did you realize that? An uprising, a coup attempt. I want you to think about Satan. Satan as he gathered angelic forces. And he promised, if we can go to the next slide, he promised something he could not deliver. He stood in opposition to God. He convinced those angels, those rebels, that they would have ultimate power. They would have freedom, right? Can you hear him? Can you hear Satan on his little soapbox convincing all of these angels, we can do this. We can be great. I hear Satan saying, it's going to be glorious, simply magnificent. We, we will sit on the throne of God himself. All of you angels who participate in this coup, you will be my generals You will be my commanders of the whole world, Satan says rather convincingly. You see, that was Satan's lie, one of many. But what's interesting, the Bible gives an account of what really happened. By the way, you know the outcome of that war, right? Satan told a bunch of lies, and he was defeated. We see what really happened in 2 Peter chapter 2.4. We have it here on the slide. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter 2.4, God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell. Committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. Imagine what those angels may be thinking as they're in angel prison. Jude, verse 6, the text tells us, The angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. I want you to visualize those angels that are being kept in that gloomy darkness, in chains. I want you to imagine what they may be saying right now. Lucifer lied to me. Look where I am now. I bought into his lies. I listened to him. I thought they were true, but he misled me. And so they have this remorse. And I'm just wondering, as that story plays out, and as Satan continues to perpetuate his lies and his deception, as he gets involved in mankind, and as he had a discussion with Eve in the garden. Guess what he did? He told a lie. You can eat that fruit. You're you're not going to die. No, don't listen to God. 
He created doubt in her mind. And so angels have this remorse. Now mankind has remorse when we listen to the lies of Satan. And I want to tell you today what's important is, church, don't be duped by the deceiver. Amen? Don't listen to Satan. He's persuasive. He's convincing. He's a master at his craft of lies and deception. But I want you today to make a commitment to yourself. Make a commitment to yourself to always rely upon God's promises. Why? Because, this is important, God always tells the truth. You believe that in your heart? Now, I didn't, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you today that when things happen or things go awry in your life or maybe you're in that spiritual valley, that you don't cry out and say, God, why? Why did this happen? This wasn't supposed to happen to me. I'm a good person. There may be times where we don't understand why things happen, but let me assure you that God is always truthful. Now, in my Bible, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse, verse 13, I'd like you to open your Bible if you haven't already to Hebrews 6, 13. We're going to look at a discussion of the Hebrew writer. We don't know exactly who wrote Hebrews. We know that they were very knowledgeable of the law of Moses, most likely a Jew. Some think it could have been Paul. But this writer of Hebrews has the ability to, to in a very masterfully way, take the laws of Moses and the accounts of Moses and all of the Old Testament and compare it to the new law, the law of Christ, and show how Christ is superior but here we, hear, we see the Hebrew writer in chapter 6, verse, verse 13, and in my Bible it says, God's unchangeable promises. That's going to be our main text for today, and so I want to read what the writer says in verse 13. He says, When God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, He swore by himself. You see, God took an oath. He entered into a covenant relationship. And it was very common in Jewish culture to swear an oath. To swear by something great. Not necessarily something that that we do today. While still in courts of law, you'll have people that solemnly swear. They raise their hand and, and, and swear to tell the truth. So help me, God. They swear by something that's important. And in this case, as God makes a covenant relationship and talks to Abraham, there was nothing greater by which he could make an oath or or promise, so he swore by himself. And that's what it said in verse 13. So let's listen to the promise, verse 14. Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. In other words, God fulfilled exactly what he said he would do. Verse 16, people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. I always think it's funny, maybe, maybe you watch old movies, but I think about the old gangster movies, you know, where the guys come up and say, oh, yeah, I swear on my mother's grave, you know. He mentions something like, I'm telling the truth, I promise I won't lie, but he lies, right? God made an oath based on his own character, on himself. God never changes. God always tells the truth, he never lies. And so God told something to Abraham and kept that promise. Now in verse 18, it says, that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. And so verse 18 reminds us of this one impossible thing. Two unchangeable things about God, and so let's look at at the first thing. And so if you read, if you're a student of the Bible, and you go back and and you read this and you study this passage in In Hebrews 6, at least I came to two conclusions. You may want to write this down if you're taking notes. 
Two things about God and His character and His truthfulness. Number one, this never changes, by the way. There is no power, no power greater than God Himself, and that never changes. You believe that? If you're struggling, if you're dealing with something right now you feel like is out of your control, pray to God, ask Him to intervene and help you. Because He is the greatest power in the universe. And He hears your prayers. How do we know that? The Bible tells us. He knows how many hairs are on our head. He knows what we need even before we ask. But yet He asks us to petition Him in prayer. To take it to His throne. Because He is a God who cares. And it's a good thing that He cares. Because not only does God care, but He is the most powerful entity in the universe. Number two, and this is important, God never lies. Never. He never misrepresents himself. He never tells fibs. He's never deceitful. He has always been truthful to his creation. Satan, on the other hand, is a master at twisting, at distorting and telling half-truths. And so we see a complete polar opposite, a dichotomy between good and evil. A battle that started even before we were created, Satan began his lies, his campaign of deception, and he still continues it to this day by lying to God's creation. And brethren, many listen to Satan. Many believe they can't live without the things he whispers in their ear, knowing it will bring damnation to their souls. Many who are strong Christians have listened to Satan and his whispering and said, you know what, that makes sense. I like that. Maybe I am the exception. And they begin to slowly drift away from their anchor in the Word of God and ultimately risk losing their soul. Why? Because they listen to the deception, the twisting, and the distorting and half-truths of Satan. God will never lie to you. And I say that with all confidence. And so verse 18 reminds us that it is impossible for God to lie. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. You see, and I like the way the Hebrew writer He masterfully crafts this chapter and he says, Look, church, you want to believe in God? Is it worth the risk? Go back and look at Father Abraham. He had faith and he hoped in God and he trusted God. And while it was almost unbelievable, me, the father of many nations, I can't even have children. Sarah and I are too old. Sarah heard the news and you know what she did? (laughs) A child, she laughed. Impossible. God said it, and he told the truth. He made it happen. Abraham believed it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And so let us remember today, if nothing else, when God says it, it's true. Believe that in your hearts. You have times in your life where you doubt. I get it. We're human. But let us remember that God cannot and will not lie. It is impossible, Hebrews 6, 18. If you can just simply remember that today. Rely on Him. Trust on Him. Don't listen to the world. Don't listen to the messages of Satan because he will convince you otherwise. And so I want you today to remember as we bring our lesson to a close, there's basically four things As we close, let us remember that we've been commanded to share the truth. So what is the truth? I want to tell you that as believers in Jesus Christ, most if not all of you today have been immersed in the waters of baptism. You've made that confession. You've been washed in the blood of Jesus. You believe the stories of the Bible. They are not myths. They are not fables. They are not folklore. While most of the world will laugh at us and tell us that we're naive, and we talked about that very topic this morning in Bible class, 
We know that the Bible is truth. And the church says, Amen. And we know that Jesus is truth. We know that Jesus tells the truth. In John 14 and verse 6, Jesus speaking to Thomas, he says, I, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You want to know truth? Study and imitate Jesus Christ. Take on his characteristics and know that what he tells you is truth because Jesus is God. John 17, 17, often referred to in the chapter as a high priestly prayer. God is listening as Jesus prays to him, a beautiful prayer of intercession. Jesus says regarding his apostles, sanctify them in verse 17. Sanctify them, set them apart, Lord, in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And let me add, brothers and sisters, if you've taken on the name Christ, if you are a Christian and a disciple, then you have a duty, you have a privilege to take that truth into a lost world. And we must go out and we must share the truth about Jesus Christ and say it and not be ashamed. Here's the four things we talked about today in summary. Number one, don't let Satan convince you to quit trusting God. Don't listen to him, however convincing he may be. Realize that he is a deceiver and has always been a deceiver. Number two, God will never tell a lie. He's always truthful. Number three, we see Abraham as an example in Hebrews 6. He showed how he relied upon God's promise He knew they were true, and we see the blessings of Abraham because he relied upon God's truth in faith. Number four, we've been commanded to tell or share the truth about Jesus. Let us share that good news. In just a moment, we're going to sing an invitation song that Brian has picked out. It's called, Come to the Feast. You know, I appreciate that phrase, come to the feast. When we feed upon the word of God, we'll never go away malnourished. And when we come and study and ponder the word of God and meditate upon it, it helps us to grow and develop spiritual muscles. There may be some of you today who are Christians, but yet malnourished. You may be weak in your faith or just going through the motions of Christianity. I'm glad you're here today. And I'm proud that you're here today. And I'm proud that you want to be a part of a a group of Christians as we worship God. But I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to grow. Come to the feast. Feed on the Word of God. Spend time with Christians. Study your Bible and grow. Come to that feast and grow. Feed upon the Word of God. Let's stand and sing together. And we'd like to help you if we can in any way.
things are ready. Come to the feast. Leave every care and worldly strife. Come feast upon the love of God and drink everlasting life. Hear the invitation, come appreciate each of you being here this morning. I'd like to invite each of you to be back with us tonight at 5 p.m. for evening worship. Also, there are uh, several Christmas cards uh, in each of our members' uh, folders. Please check your folder to see if you have Christmas cards. Any other final announcements? Not our closing song will be number 659. We'll sing first and last verses. 659. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And wonders of his love, and wonders of his love, and wonders, wonders of his love. Let's bow together. Father in heaven, what a wonderful gift again this morning to have fellowship and to uh, the encouragement of song and to hear the reading of your word and to share with each other um, the fellowship and family that you intend us to be. We pray that you will give us discernment, that we would hold up truth uh, in a world of lies and that we would do so with love and joy, that first of all, that you would let us know the truth. Please give us a grateful heart that wants to honor you for allowing us to, to hear your voice and to know the truth. And give us then boldness and strength that we would share it with those who hate the truth, that are confused and distracted by lies and liars. But give us the compassion that you have and the heart that you have so that while being grateful for the salvation from you that we reach out to those who are misled. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.